All right, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. My name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. And you can also follow me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram with toy photography. Uh, that's called Clutch Figures. Check it out. And I'm here as a guest. Je- yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Um, you can follow me at, uh, at Jake Animation on all social media. Alrighty, and today we're going to be talking about Man of Steel, minute number 17. The minute starts with, thir- um, let's see, Laura M. Yeah, Laura M. is sentencing the Sword of Rao to 300 cycles of semantic reconditioning. And then the uh, minute ends with Feora and the gang being frozen in ice. The gang. Is it semantic? Semantic reconditioning. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was somatic. Somatic? What is somatic. that? Somatic. Why would somatic be a thing? I feel like I looked up the word somatic and something came up from it. I like how you called them the gang. Like they're they are in the Scooby gang. Doo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're riding the mystery. Well, like, well, semantic reconditioning, that would just, like, cause that makes sense to me because it's like, all right, we're sending you to, like, fucking rethink your life, right? That's what semantic. Semantic? Reconditioning? We should probably look up what it says on Somatic the... reconditioning? Yeah, I thought it was somatic. Just look it up and you let me know. So, well, somatic is like, you know. It's what like, is somatic? It's, it's like physically. It's like relating to like your body, but not to your mind. What is semantic? They're just being frozen sent to the Phantom Zone. Well, we should probably look up what it is. <laughs> you I look- mean, it's a big difference from your body. like. But you they got- are kind of being frozen in this minute. So if I think it has to do more with your mind than it does with anything like physically. physically. You think they can think while they're being frozen? Yeah. that. Pro- I would want to kill myself if I had to think for 300 years. And the rest of my body was frozen. They basically put you in a coma. Yeah, but you can still think freely. Yeah, kill myself. Do the subtitles work? Why don't you just look up the? Yeah. Uh, you look the up screenplay. the. Uh, I couldn't find it. Are you for real? Yeah, this is like wow. You can yeah. find the script for. Um, uh, Superman Returns was supposed to have a sequel, and it was supposed to be called Superman Man of Steel, and you can find that, but you cannot find the script for Man of Steel itself. Uh, hmm. Interesting. We'll leave that for the audience to figure out what they said and hit us back up. Whether whether we're super wrong or not. Hang on. See, look, I even have somatic reconditioning notes here. That's uh, that it went and it said that Kryptonians have to go through their uh, their placement process, and uh, it's 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 like their it's like their version of jail. Uh, Not really jail. It's like they have to relearn everything that they learned because you know they're all they're all. programmed no somatic. yeah it's somatic somatic yeah is what i've found yeah see somatic i have that as well see i even have my notes look you're confusing me you're making me look past all my notes mark you silly, <laughs> goose. you silly goose so yeah i have somatic reconditioning it's it's when the kryptonian this is a theory that a lot of people i think are standing by it's not directly related in any uh direct um explanation to uh to the movie itself but uh, somatic reconditioning is it's when Kryptonians have to go through their their placement process again, meaning like when they're when they're taught their their role in life, mm-hmm. especially as a child, um, they have to go through that again. And uh, it, it's that's all in it, like how cow was. It's all embedded into their cells. So so it's it's like super... so ma- so somatic reconditioning means that they send you into a coma, 
and like think of lobotomize your cells and entire body and they like, reprogram yeah. subliminal teaching methods yeah absolutely see that's what i got right there and it, and it takes out all like the the deviant behavior like anything that's causing you to basically to what general zod is mad. doing right yeah, now exactly so it's like you need to go relearn everything that you're supposed to do you're oh supposed i to be get our it military general it's just a really big time out there you go. Yeah, that's but a, very painful. That's what prison yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's like it has to go through all their cells, like how the, the codex no. beat uh, onto, onto Cal. Prison is just a really long gym membership. That's all it is. Sure. <laughs> you can get degrees in there. You can go to college. You can go. Prison. There's a lot of things you can do in prison. That Yeah, see, um, look at this. Butt sex. <laughs> Free sex. Free yeah. Gym membership. <laughs> Uh, you can read whatever you want. Yeah, so there's, there's, a, bartering, there's a bartering system. I'll trade you cigarettes. You give me fucking comic books and sex. <laughs> so, you can keep, so you can keep up with Superman. Later. Alrighty, so we got past the somatic <laughs> reconditioning part. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be insane. Especially, I think that's a big deal. We're, I think we're overlooking that. Like, that's 300 cycles of relearning your purpose in life. But we also may, we may be misunderstanding what they're meaning by cycles. Maybe a full cycle is what a young Kryptonian goes through to retrain themselves. Like a cycle of like, like you'll go through. So you have to relearn like, how to be a better person 300 you times. Go through puberty. Yeah. Then? Like, yeah, you have to relearn how to go like be a better person. Exactly what you said. 300, 300 times. times. Yeah. It's like writing 300 lines of, I will not yeah. steal Candy, but like I want cigarettes. Cigarettes. (laughs) But yeah, I think that that's probably what they contextually that having that like you're going basically going to a class, the same class, three hundred times. times. Yeah, jinx. (laughs) Um, So we talked about like how we weren't sure if this. Well, when people watch the film, they're not sure like if this is all taking place in the same day or whatnot. We talked about that in the last minute. Um, here we see Laura Lorvan in a new outfit, and basically what what I assume is what she normally wears every day as a noble class, you know, Kryptonian. And so when I first saw this, I did not know that was her for the longest time until, you know, Zod comes up and he says something to her. Um, she just looks different. It looks totally different. With the hat and everything. Mm-hmm. I also told Mike in our last week's, minutes that she's the first actress to both be in a dc uh film and or in the dc universe and the marvel universe she's the first actress because she also plays wilson fisk's love interest from daredevil you oh. saw that show yeah no yeah. that show is rad yeah she's the the art artist lady so huh. that's cool um but yeah she looks i'm guessing this is how she always looks and i didn't know that was her like she doesn't even look even the face looks different. Yeah. It looks like like a totally different actress almost. Um, Which I'm not sure if it's a, is a good thing or a bad thing because her husband has just been killed yeah, by this person. She, She's I, staring and, him and, and, into well, the face. And she also knows that it was all for nothing because, well, I mean, not she already knows nothing. they're going to die anyway. So maybe she's just only thinking of her son. But... Yeah, she's also got to stare at the guy that, I mean, friend that killed her husband. Like, there's a lot going on mentally in in her mind right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think, like, what is the big, what's really going on in her head? Like, if there was something she was focused on, 
um she could not be here like she's there but like her her mind is elsewhere and maybe she is just kind of worrying about where Kal-El is at the moment um because i don't think because she believes jor-el in that krypton is dying so i don't think she gives a shit of like what's going on here like it doesn't matter like she's probably there because she has to be but jor-el's dead she knows they're all going to be dead like, it doesn't matter what's happening here. This is all just formality at this point for yeah. her. And to her, she's absent. Like, because he comes up and he's like, oh. I- she may be trying to make peace with herself. Like, she knows she's about to die in yeah. some form. So she may just be, like, kind of giving up on. Yeah. It seems almost like a, like a not not much of a, 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 of a give up, but like a, a let go. Yeah. And I think, it, it, like, the her from this point on. Like, not in just this scene, but in the rest of the minutes with her in it, she's, you know, she's elsewhere as, yeah. as a as a Absolutely. person, like, mm-hmm. in, her, in her mindset. Like, she's gone. Like, I'm not here. Like, this is, like I said, it's a formality. Because the law council, like, if you think about it, like, what's the point of this law council? It doesn't, you're not doing anything. It's like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's part of their culture. Yeah, like, I guess it's to like. To go through this. They're programmed, man. It just yeah, makes sense to like. Them. There's only a couple days left on Krypton. Everyone's still dressing up like everything's okay. The, yeah, form formality. Like we're gonna send you to the Phantom Zone. Like she's like I think she in her mind is like it doesn't matter. Like yeah, like it's over. Like all I'm worried about now is making sure that Cal gets to um, you know. So why aren't they evacuating Earth? at this point? Because they don't believe no one. Believe yeah, no one believes. Oh, that okay. Krypton is dying. Just, I mean, they, see, they, that's they, not evident in the movie at all. Yeah, the, like none of them think that the planet is dying. The only one with that theory is Jor-El, and the only two people that believe that is Zod and Larlor Van. And I think that sort of Rao just believes anything Zod says. Yeah. So, so they're just fighting to die. Yeah. Interesting. Which, again, if we we're not sure what Zod's plan would have been had he gotten the Codex. Like once he got it, does he stay on Krypton? Does he? try to leave krypton with it um i don't think we know if he thought that far he yeah. just thought like i just need control of the he seems a, like a very uh think second to action yeah like mm-hmm. let me just do what what i think is right now and then i'll think about it later yeah yeah because i think if he had gotten the codex he would have stayed on krypton and it would have blown up anyways mm-hmm. so um so we see um, we see a lot about Zod here. Um, I don't know if you guys had any notes on Zod particularly that you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, have, I, got I figured you, you. I got a lot too. I mean, yeah. we see we see a lot a, a clear view of of his actual followers at this point. It's it's the entire sort of row. Uh, mm-hmm. His and that's yeah. the five people that are being like. Iced yeah, up there's at this um. Point. I think there's there's ten members of the sort of 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 his following, but I think we only. S- we, we see we we can name just like yeah. a few of them, which is there's Joxer, yeah, there's the Toran, big the big Nomad. one here that they showcased. Like I mean, last time we talked about Toran, who's behind Feora, and that's Zod's like right hand man. That's like yeah. his. Um, so Feora is the sub commander, and mm-hmm. Toran is like the commander. So like by rank, it would go General Zod, Commander Toran, and then Sub Commander Feora. Um, but then we see. Um, one of my favorite of the sort of round it's this big dude his name is nam ek and he's not played by an actor he's completely cgi <laughs> and uh he's this massive dude he's a genetically 
altered Kryptonian like by experimentation, and so he can't speak. He has no, he doesn't have the ability to to speak the language. And they fused his DNA with that of a Rondor, which we see in the beginning of Man of Steel. With uh, it's like that cow with the tortoise shell. Oh yeah. So they took DNA from that beast and put it into his his genes, and like so his phenotype has part Rondor to it. That's why he's such a big dude and he's so Hope brutish he and that's probably yeah. why he doesn't speak. So he's pretty much a mutation. He's right. compared to Nan yeah. from, okay. from Superman 2 from Zod's original so. game. Nan was like a mindless zombie brute. and uh, Well, he was actually... kind of like that. I mean, he he's mo-capped, believe it or not. Like, all of his scenes as an actor in a motion capture suit Yeah. on a, like, what's called a volume... So on a, it's like a soundstage for motion capture. Inside where all the cameras point is called a volume. And these people get in these really skin-tight suits with little reflective balls, basically. Yeah, like the balls, them. yeah. And uh, they act out pretty much any fight scene in this movie is mocapped. Actually, every fight scene in this in Man of Steel is, is motion capture. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And they then, would go right to like yeah. the, 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 the punch. Yeah, or like so that. they'll go straight from like... Like throwing a punch in the frame after that, they'll blend from live action to motion capture, basically 3D animating. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I mean, the models, like the 3D models and textures that these in this movie are amazing, and just the fighting in general is actually amazing. Very fascinating to watch, motion capture wise too. Yeah. So they, so I'm trying to think of like the Battle of Smallville. I don't want to get too off topic, but. The Battle of Smallville, they do the motion capture for the chore- the fight choreography, mm-hmm. and then kind of in post, do they make it so that they kind of move the the characters, like the choreography of them fighting, but yeah. then like because they also have like super speed, they yeah. like have to like move that that person like fifty feet mm-hmm. as they're punching something. Yeah. Is that so- what's going on? So motion capture isn't like the end all be all for animation. Yeah. So it gets you about sixty five to seventy five percent of the way, mm-hmm. and then you can use it to uh, to your advantage. So like um, with what I did in uh, in a couple of my projects, you'll take like let's say you're throwing a punch mm-hmm. and you want it to be a Superman punch. You want it to be like a like a jump lunge punch thing. Yeah. You know, and you, travel, you want the character to travel like right. a, a long distance with it. So what you do is you have the character, whoever, like the actor who's playing in motion capture, who's playing the role in motion capture to do like what he can do physically. Yeah. And then you take that data and you clean it up because it's not perfect. And mm-hmm. then you animate on top of that data. So what happens is if, I, if I'm punching like, like just over my shoulder mm-hmm. and then the what you want is more of like a a haymaker or whatever it's called like yeah a really strong punch i can take that data and instead of putting it here i animate what it would look like to come up over here like, like above above the head yeah i take the data that's there mm-hmm. it's like um it's like pre-production for animating that's what motion capture does the, yeah so it kind of gives you um it gives you an amazing foundation to start on and it makes everything look really lifelike. Like all the, uh, you've seen like uh, the Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, cinematics, and all, yeah. that, all that's motion capture. Yeah, that's that uh, studio company, Blur. Blur. Yeah. yeah. 
Hell yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine works over there. They now. also do like three four three stuff. Yeah, like, they with do. Halo and mm-hmm. yeah. That whole opening scene of Halo of them yeah. falling out of the uh dropship was all of them. And they too. they redid the Halo two cutscenes. Yeah, it was the yeah. Halo Halo uh, Halo Wars two. Yeah. That's oh so good, sick. Good stuff. <laughs> but that's basically how motion capture works and they you can very easily blend live action into that like three D world. And it's, I mean, that's what I'm doing. That's what I do for a living. So, hell, hell yeah. yeah. That's no, that's awesome. Um, we do see the Sapphire Guards here soon after. Yeah. After Zod kind of goes a little unhinged for a couple couple seconds, but he's subdued by the Sapphire Guards, which I thought looked pretty cool. Yeah. And no, you, I, I, who are the Sapphire Guards? These are those green guys. They're guards. In the armor. Basically, mm-hmm. like they're the ceremonial guards. They're like your shock troopers or like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like uh, kind of like a uh, their their sole purpose was the the protectors of like the law council. Oh, like okay. Government. Okay. Kind of deal. Yeah, that makes sense. They're like royal guards. Yeah, you're. Cr- you so yeah, it's so just cool to see spears. them in person. Yeah. That's okay. And and it, earlier we saw them in, in the earlier minute, but Zod shot like two of them like really easy just because they had no defense over, you know, the 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 well, everything... laser beam gun versus like their spears. They only have the spears. Well, I just figured because. It was an ambush into the council in the earlier part of the film, so they didn't really have a chance to Dude, defend. Well, what were they gonna do? What? What? Bah, those guys have distance. And... I mean, the it's element of surprise too. Yeah, like, they probably have, have the element of surprise. Um, but either way, they look yeah, really cool. I mean, yeah, like, this is. I gotta say, this is actually this is my favorite minute. This is my favorite scene of this entire movie. And uh, is this minute right here? Yeah, and it's all because of of Michael Shannon's performance and. Uh, just the lines that he's given like his it's i mean my notes are riddled with it yeah i I think um there's a lot of um i think this is like this is one of the there's a few climaxes to this movie but this is definitely one of them especially the one on krypton like this is no this this is definitely a high point of the film um, but I, I think Michael Shannon as an actor really gives Zod a lot of substance. Yeah, as I a like even... as a as a character, like um, like the way Jacob was, uh, how we've been talking about Zod in these few minutes. Like everything that Michael Shannon Michael Shannon does for Zod, like makes you feel like this guy's unhinged. He's yeah. psychotic and um, just super driven to mm-hmm. the point of. Uh, um he's blind everywhere yeah, else yeah and i think i think this minute's actually i agree with nate out of all the minutes that i have out of all like the five minutes that we're talking about this mm-hmm. is by far the best mm-hmm. one because he says i will find him yeah he ye- basically yells it you yeah. know very emotionally he's repeating it and he repeats it yeah yeah and repetition what's funny is that's the whole plot to this movie mm-hmm. yeah that line is the whole reason that he's here and that the rest of the movie exists. Yep. Lois Lane as well. And then Lois Lane is trying I'll to find him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's it's fascinating also to see like when he yells, he doesn't blink either. No. He's just so so determined. Crazy. And I yeah. think what's his name Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him in a couple of other indie movies. Um, like some Sundance films. I wanted to check out uh, Nocturnal Animals. I wanted to see. Yeah. I wanted to see that too. I just watched something with him called Midnight Special. Mm-hmm. I heard of that. But it I was seen it. He's like, a, he's a really good actor. Absolutely. And just, I just know that this wasn't unintentional. Like he's not being lazy with this role. 
I don't think so. No, no, no. no I'm saying I yeah. don't think he is. Yeah. And it's nice to like have that. Absolutely. Because I feel like some sometimes actors get kind of lazy and they just kind of portray themselves. We said themselves that about through. Russell Crowe, and I felt like Russell Crowe in this that. film yeah. is just kind of like, all right, I'm here. I'm Russell Crowe. What's yeah. up? Yeah. I got a but, beard. But yeah, like Michael Shannon is so it's it's insane. Like I said, and that line, oh man. I think it's my uh, yeah. I think <laughs> as a as a. Here, boys. I think parents. psychologically he's saying this out loud not I th- I don't know part of me feels like as a like in his mind he's saying it over and over kind of to um persuade himself that he's going to find him. Like, you think so? Like, yeah, like, even this imprisonment won't change what he's going to relearn. It's like it's like saying it's like he's trying to convince himself that he's going to find Superman as well. But that might just because he, I mean, he's saying it because he believes like he is going to find him. But I think someone could like debunk it. It's like, no, you're just trying to convince yourself that you're going to find him. Yeah. Well, what if he were to come out of somatic reconditioning and like completely forget about the entire thing? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. So what if that's like a repetition in his mind? Like I got, I got. So like when he's frozen, when he gets frozen, like remembering that he's always going to fight it by saying, I will find him. I will find him. I will find him. It's like, he's he's basically being charged with like the, the hardest thing possible. Yeah. They're like, they say you're being charged with high treason, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not even low treason. Yeah. Not mid even treason? just like yeah. mid, not even mid treason. Not even mid treason. Just, just um, but if you think about it in context of their society and ours, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like, who is like uh, Edward Snowden's getting like charged with high treason? Oh yeah, for our country. Like, it's probably a big deal for that whole society. Yeah, so. I don't think I personally don't think that he's trying to convince himself. I think he's already done that. I just think he's trying to remind himself why he's doing it. Yeah. So that when he's going through somatic reconditioning, he's just got to keep he's telling himself. He's just got that yeah. that he's got to maintain that idea, that pure concept of yep. I'm doing this for a reason. It's a rogue one. I'm the pilot. I'm the pilot. I'm yeah. the pilot. Yeah. And remembering that you that guy. Um yeah. And then after that, so I did write down that the Sapphire Guards remind me. I don't know if you guys play Skyrim, but there's like mm-hmm. glass armor that you can get for your Oh, everything. yeah. It looks exactly like that. So yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, we do start to see the Sword of Rao starting to be encapsulated by some sort of material. Cryo capsules. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Is that ice or? It's like, yeah, I assume because cryo is, you know. But a I don't, chilly. It's a, the material doesn't look exactly look like water or I mean they're being like frozen fiberglass. they're being frozen in something but it looks almost plastic yeah it I don't know, like it's, it's probably painful. some sort of Kryptonian I think it's ice I think it's just like super ice super ice yeah super ice super with ice. but then it has it like, lasts a really long it has time. like it's like some sort of weird crazy substance that they have on Kryptonian. Billy Hayes then it has like rockets super... on the bottom yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like well, I think they probably come design. Uh, Jor-El probably designed them for the ship because it was a prison ship. So he's like, "Well, we gotta because you know, Jor-El designed gotta get everything. <laughs> handcuffs won't work. Oh, well, how do we get them from the 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 you know the courtroom to the ship? Uh, make them fly. Okay, well, how do we do that? Put well, little we rockets, put rockets to the to the handcuffs. Make the whole thing fly. Oh, mm. I think you're getting nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I think it's just like a super hard ice substance that he probably created. 
to just imprison them, man. But yeah, I mean, cryo capsules sounds a lot like cryo sleep. Or cryo frozen ice. carbonite. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of deal. Wink. <laughs> and I wonder if. Well, no, we see them. Does the cryo capsules are they only the? That's just the transportation to get there because later on in the film we actually see them. When no, later in, in later in the film when the when the basically are they breaking crypt- out of it? Yeah, it I it, so. it turns off. It turns off. Oh, okay. They're going okay. through semantic reconditioning the whole time they're frozen. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say, does that like teach them like that's like a onboard computer like in there like it's just buzzing all in them so it's not just ice it's like bees in there it's like computer ice (laughs) it's like yeah it's like being mummified alive but well like then how do they get somatic recondition well frozen like that i don't know it's in their head i don't know because they're all programmed so there's programming in them oh you think it's it's like like, all right well just that's that's like just super timeout because like the it's like in star wars like the clones have like chips in their brains and they're like I think they've just gotten to a point in their technology where, like, that, like, literal skin contact of the ice will probably start transferring data. So no, the data is already in the ice. Yeah, I think that somehow it's ice being, data. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, smart that's, ice. So, so smart ice. ice data. All right. Well, it hurts them. It's they painful look, for yeah, sure. They look, they look pain. They look. And pain, what's crazy is General Zod is the only one that like you see pain in his face, but he's the only one that's like. No, fuck you. I don't feel anything. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. It's, it's really good. It's a really good um, Michael Shannon knowing that how to show someone in pain, but they don't like, they, they don't, don't want, want you to see yeah. it at yeah. the same time. Like everyone else. Um, it's freaking like out. The, yeah. The, the ice gets through to everyone. Like they're all trying to be hard asses and they're all like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. And then like, oh, fuck. And they're like, this is the worst thing ever. And then even Zod is, Zod is just like... At the last moment, he like shows a little bit of pain. He's still staring like, yeah. at them. Like, still not blinking. Yeah. yeah it's a, his staring is just in, intense. So. I mean, that's all I got for this minute. Is yeah, there anything that you guys... Oh, man. I mean, I think there's a lot just like... Nate's got a paragraph over here. <laughs> I mean, just like the music through it Oh, all. yeah. It's just so... It's I think so fitting. This is where it we start works. to hear this like... Is, um, that's why it's my favorite scene of the movie. Well, you guys it's know that the... Everything about it works. The guys in the back aren't real, right? Yeah. like it, But it's yeah. just so put together so well. And it it just... This point at the... At, this is what sold me for the movie. Yeah. Like, this was it. And, and, and Michael Shannon just constantly shows me Zod's determination. It's just beautiful. I think uh, in my notes earlier, I say that if you were to give me a movie in Krypton mm-hmm. about General Zod and and what's his name? Not Kal- Kal-El's dad. Jor-El. Jor-El. Like that dynamic in that world written by Jonathan Nolan. Like, yeah, you got, you got a movie. For I, would, I would, I would, I would just like to see a movie on Krypton before this. I would, like it not uh i would like it as a novel like not a graphic novel just a straight up book like i want because yeah. then they can really get into their minds of jor-el and general zod and i would like to see that um i would love that to not be a movie but to be a book rather so that they don't have to feel restrained in what they show yeah. they can just because totally. i think that's that's a pitfall of most film and television stuff is that there's time constraints on things but there doesn't have to be yeah there doesn't have to be and i think uh there's a show out there called the oa and they don't 
they don't hold themselves to a time strain. So sometimes an episode can be 70 minutes. Sometimes it can be 30 minutes. I finished that, by yeah. the way. And, they, and that's when you, you're allowed to just um, do a movie or a show as long as it needs to be to tell the story the best that you can. Or the way you want yeah. to. Because it's like yeah. you don't tell an author that they can only write 50 pages for a chapter. Like no one does that. They're yeah. just like, you write it, like we'll take out what doesn't work and you make it a solid book. And if it turns out to be 300 pages or if it turns out to be a thousand pages, it's a good story. Well, it's like uh, Tarantino did Hateful Eight on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw it with Mike, your previous guest. And we, in the movie, that cut is over three and a half hours long. The theatrical cut? The, the theatrical cut that they only showed on Christmas Day. Damn. And the, in the middle, they had an intermission mm. where you can, like, you, the movie gets paused at the end of Act 2. Oh, shit. And you go, and it's like seven minutes. You go to the bathroom, you get popcorn, you get drinks or whatever. Then they do an overture to reintroduce the movie. It's like a musical piece. Oh, And then shit. the movie starts back up. That's awesome. And to me, that was, like, one of the most, like, not artistic expressions it is i'm not saying that it's not but it felt just like if you're gonna do long form this is the way to do it and that we shouldn't be bound by a two-hour mark for yeah. the movies because people like start shifting in their chairs yeah, or whatever like stuff. there's ways to go around it and i think i don't know i just think people get really scared and you mentioned the oa where i've i've seen that whole season mm-hmm. there's a 32 minute episode yeah and it, then there's an hour and a half episode it's just whatever it takes to tell the story you want the right way yeah i i think that's the best way to go about it and i think what hateful eight did um judging by you know your description of it i think that's the best way to go about mm-hmm. doing a long film because and i'm gonna bring up this guy's name we've been plugging him into this film a lot even though he's not even in it but kurt russell because <laughs> <laughs> we've been getting uh, uh, him confused with kevin costner and i apologize a thousand times for that oh kevin my costner. God. but kurt it's russell the, the kurt russell wants to do a five-hour western film about it Man, and his, i'm with it yeah his, and his it, hateful eight that was like super that was just better john wayne in my opinion and it was oh that's a that's, that's a, a heavy that's statement, a statement. But like it was it was really good i've seen that movie hundreds of i times have to see already, it too and it's to judge that but well first of all it's, it's, it's shot so in uh panavision yeah ultra wide panavision yeah which to me is one of the most beautiful beautiful ways to see a movie ever it just re- it felt Everything I felt super immersed into. Oh, the absolutely! Of that movie. It was I mean, fantastic. even the non-directorial cut mm-hmm. is yeah. three hours long. Yeah, it's like two hours and fifty-eight minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I think, and uh, like, there's no reason to feel alarmed by someone wanting to do a five-hour western because if that's what it takes to make a good film, like from beginning to end, if that's a good story then yeah go for it if but i can if, get invested yeah. into the characters you've got me yeah. sold i mean well what's the difference in like a mini series i guess that's what true if it was just like a film mini series that they just i mean television shows every, are kind of like or eight hour every movies month or something yeah. um yeah. like game of thrones where they're saying like we know that game of thrones is going to be a 73 hour thing like yeah. it's a 73 hour story we've we had it planned out for 73 hours and you know that's it it's not like walking dead where they're like we're just gonna keep going shoot for this yeah shoot for this yeah figure it out just keep going just throw another cliffhanger and we'll have uh 12 more episodes out of that it's like like i understand like the restrictions of of uh television versus film but like even if it was like a miniseries and if it was a new idea that 
I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be on board with it. Like, I mean, if you told me that there was uh, Kurt Russell was going to be in a western that was five hours long and like it was released like one month was one, part one and then the second month was like part two, maybe it's select theaters or whatever. Yeah. I'd be all over that either yeah. way, even if it was a hassle to go. Yeah, it. that's like that just piques my interest, and I feel me, like there's a lot more people. We we binge watch way. we binge watch television for hours, so yeah. I could sit through a five hour uh, western. I could. Watch that. It's you possible. Can sit through a whole yeah. five-hour western, like with intermissions. Uh, yeah, put them. Put I something could, in the middle. Well, yeah, I could lay on my couch and watch the five-hour western, and and from start what? to finish, and be like, so that was dope. Pay-per-view or something. No, see, my issue is like using the restroom or like getting yeah. hungry yeah. or like that's you know what I mean. Hours. People go that's, to work for five hours. Yeah, I mean that's from like noon till five p.m. <laughs> You know, you can't. Yeah. just... I mean, that's super bed sores. What if you rewatch it? If you become addicted to it. The five Star Wars, watch that five hours. Five hours. I've watched Star Wars. For Dude, five if hours it's good and, and then... if it works, go for yeah. five hours. That's <laughs> just like that's just if you need five hours to do a story. Like if that's yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally don't. About I mean, it. don't do five hours just to be like, oh, I did a five hour movie and then two hours of it is boring as hell. Like if that's the case, then don't do it. But if if you're if you have a story, and 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 that's what matters ultimately, whether it's TV show or a book or I mean, a do you movie, even call it TV anymore? I mean, take Westworld for example. Yeah, that it, would you call that like a television show? Because to me, if you put it all together, it's just one. It's, it's one like movie, a ten-hour movie. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But that's see, that's when you just have, like, in the end, the story is what matters, and it doesn't matter how long it is. Like, it shouldn't be constrained to a number just because. I don't know. But I think what you were saying earlier is the separation is what helps people digest. What's the movie happening. or yeah. the show easier mm-hmm. yeah because five hours that's a lot to take yeah. like in one sitting so, so like, take like your local independent theater or whatever or select theaters or whatever only have like one month for like part one maybe it's only like a two-part thing or it's like, like or kill bill was supposed to be one whole movie yeah kill bill part mm-hmm. one and two I mean, like don't but don't like make it months apart of, of releasing it if, if you wanted to originally make it just all continuous one five yeah. hours yeah i mean so yeah the, he could he can split thing. into a miniseries because it's like um when westworld or oa when those episodes end like they end to like they the episode itself has its own little story yeah yeah and, and then there's a bigger story overall through all eight episodes or whatever there's like an and you need arc. those you need those breaks to just kind of take in what you just saw in the last episode. Yeah, you know something happens and you're like, holy shit, it was a lot to digest for just that one segment of thirty minutes or that one segment of seventy minutes. Like there's something there to digest, and then by the end of the whole shebang, you're like, boom, that's a great story. But yeah, I mean, we don't know. Kurt Russell could be like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a cat on my lap right now, freaking out. Uh-uh. Um, Kurt Russell could be like inventing a new way for us to yeah, see it's, movies it's, yeah, exactly. you know it could that's be like a brand all, new yeah that's that's what i was going to like i'm totally about a new a new way to do it because i mean now i'm kind of just bored with netflix and all these streaming things it's just like oh, i want to yeah, do something I, I i get bored with netflix like on a day-to-day basis yeah but if you think about it like all together like encapsulated in the fact that it's basically op- like i hate to say the word open source but it's like if you really wanted to make a like a six hour movie and you got funding and it was good, you could put it on Netflix and it's you can basically do whatever you want yeah, with Netflix. Of course. And I so, think I mean, we've gone off on a freedom. huge tangent. Yeah, absolutely of course. You know, it happens. It's no big deal. But yeah, there's <laughs> there's so much freedom in that sense. Yeah. 
Huge tangent. <laughs> Welcome back to Welcome uh, back to six hour to movie Kurt minute. to Kurt Russell minute. <laughs> Um, no, but I think that applies here because I think you know Batman v Superman suffered oh, because yeah. of time constraints. That's, and that's, yeah. did you guys like that movie? Man, I like that yeah, movie. That's one. Of, yeah, I love. That really, movie. absolutely. I'm. I don't know if I'm super biased because I'm already a Batman Superman fan my entire life and comic. Honestly, and stuff, but it's 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 such a well done story that's uh, that blows people. Away. It should blow people. I've away. seen the the extended cut multiple multiple times. Yeah. I, I've, I've I don't know. I've I only lost, watched the extended cut I've stopped, now because I stopped counting how many sense. times I've seen the extended cut. But I think it's a good film that has flaws. I like first thing you got to admit there's flaws. Absolutely. But so does once you get past does, like it's eh, there's some fucked up things. Too. There's a lot of uh, honestly, in my opinion, I think the one comic book superhero film adaptation that is probably the highest caliber like in in regards to film. Is Captain America Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier? Yeah, I yeah. agree completely. Like that is the epitome of comic book film adaptation yeah. for a superhero. Yeah, I like Batman v Superman a lot, but I know it has flaws. But a lot of them do. Um, I'd say another good one that, but it's probably just more campy is Spider Man Two, with yeah. Tobey Maguire and Doctor Octopus. Mm, I think that's can't give you that. I think this is a solid film. But I'm not saying film caliber. I just think it's a really good film. Yeah, like it's it's but it, it's the it's the universe that they created. It was a story that they've told continuously from this movie and on. How they both incorporated onto it, like how the whole DC cinematic universe is coming together, is amazing to me. And I see love it. to you me, it feels like, like a big mess. Oh, see that's uh, there, there, that's a, there's a, there's messy parts to I think it. There's a lot. That's the general consensus. Is but you guys know that I'm a huge Marvel fan. Absolutely. And I've been a Marvel yeah, fan. And I, a lot of people will disagree with me and they'll probably hate me when I say this, but I feel like both Batman v Superman and Civil War are good films, but they both have problems. And there's oh, yeah, and I've yeah. seen Civil War three times now, and every time I watch Civil War, I'm like, they really focus on stuff that I feel like for a Captain America fan, like they should have focused on something else. Like one a big part of Captain America um that I feel like they just kind of like shoved under the rug was the whole Peggy Carter thing. Cause in yeah. civil war they're like, he gets a phone call. It's like, Oh, Peggy Carter's dead. And like, he goes to a funeral and it's like, it's like three that, pages. Shouldn't that feel like more of an issue? But, yeah. But it, like, especially the people that like followed the, the, the show that she was on and everything. Cause then, cause then after that oh, agents of shield, or yeah, agent Carter or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. like after that, then, then, uh, what is it? Her niece or something mm-hmm. becomes yeah. like the love interest. And it's really just like, damn dude, the woman you love just passed away and you're just going to like trade up. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, <laughs> all right, well, time to, we got to see them it's fighting like, in an airport. Oh, so let's get it going. Peggy, like you're great. No, but this girl's blonde. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't know. Bad. I like, I, I saw Batman V Superman in theaters mm-hmm. and there were things. I actually really like Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. I yeah. like, He's, I, I'm so glad that it's in his hands. I now. like it. And I, first, first of all, I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I yeah. do too. I, the, Man Absolutely. of Steel is the only DC movie that I actually like, to be completely ben honest. Ben Affleck was actually uh, in the running to be the director of it before Snyder was actually hired by Warner Brothers. I probably would have liked that too, Me you know. Me too. But I feel like he was a big part of it, especially in uh, the opening scene of BVS. But, sorry. I, no, no, you're off. good. I just, there were too many flaws and it felt too uh, jumpy. Like, Did you watch uh, theatrical? Version? I've seen the the scenes that yeah. should have been in there. I've seen them on YouTube, and 
I think that they completely fucked up by not putting those in. Oh there. yeah, they, it's, it's a completely it changes movie. the movie. It does, but they chose that movie first. Yeah, that's ch- their fuck up to me. Is if you're gonna do that, I I just felt all, all over out. the place. Oh, it was. And, then, and when you watch the theatrical cut, there are things that don't add up, and it's because those parts are missing. Um, I think one of the biggest parts is the um, all the stuff with the KGB guy and um, they're killing the prisoner, the guy who gets bat branded. Like oh, yeah. all that's taken out, and and you lose so much of that the context. Clark Kent, like reporter scenes and everything. Yeah, like, Clark Kent so being much. a reporter. I mean, there's amazing parts of the movie, especially cinematically. Like yeah, or when uh in the the daydream or whatever it is yeah. that uh, Batman has where. Superman, boom, lands in the tunnel yeah. and everyone bows down to him. Yeah. To me, that's like, that's fucking yeah, sick. No, like, that, yeah. that is sick. No matter what, you have to agree that it's a beautiful film, but if you're watching the theatrical cut, it's messy. It's it's all over the place. And I, I admit that, but I, I do think the extended cut is, that's what it was supposed to be. And that's why you should not have to, a film should not have to suffer for time constraints because a time restraint is not important. Really, what's important is the story because that's in the end of the day, that's what matters. Like, I like more people are going to be like, Yeah, that was a great story, versus, Yeah, I'm so glad that was two and a half hours. Yeah, like no one's looking for that. Yeah, no, no, people just want to because I remember watching uh, The Revenant Mm -hmm. and I remember getting out of the theater and looking at like my phone and realizing it had been three hours. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the movie is very slowly paced. But you're so involved in like the scenery and just like what's happening in that it. movie, you don't pay attention yeah. to the time. And uh, first of all, that movie obviously deserved all of its of course. Oscar nominations and winnings. But I I just don't think one the pacing of Batman v Superman was was what it should have been. I don't think it was bad. But if you're gonna do like they went really slow at the beginning. And then yeah. they sped up really fast. Yeah. And then all the action scenes were really yeah. fast. And then they slowed down really hard. It almost makes it seem like, well, what? It's like the concept. Like, what are we, what, what why are we are doing? Why are, Wait, yeah. why? What's going on? Why are they fighting? Oh, because they wanted to sell toys. Yeah. Oh, uh, because they wanted to sell the merchandise that it was Batman versus Superman. That's I, like, I get it. That, that, when they first announced that title, even it, it really annoyed me. Yeah. I'm still not a, fa- yeah, a fan <laughs> of the title. Dawn of uh, Justice, great. I like it. But if it was just called Dawn of Justice, yeah, perfect. That's but I mean But I don't like the Batman v Superman. I I think um the something versus something is a such a it's just what? Cliche. It's a B it's movie even, title. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a super B movie title. Haha. <laughs> but um cuz I I mean cuz it would have been so bad <laughs> if they called it like Captain America versus Iron Man. Or something yeah. like that would just sound so. Oh, it sounds so sound, cheesy. Sounds yeah. so bad. Um, it just sounds B movie ish. So I wish they either just call it Donna Justice or World's Finest. I would have been okay with just Donna Justice. Donna Justice would have been okay. World's Finest, I think, would have confused people who don't know anything about the DC universe because mm-hmm. they wouldn't know like what like. Oh, this is oh this is a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Like why? Is, what's World's like? Dawn yeah. of Justice just kind of it goes with the yeah, idea and of Man Batman of Steel, and, yeah. Dawn of Justice, like that. That goes together, but 
Let's not get too far <laughs> off <laughs> this circle, minute. Circle back around. You can spend as um, much time as I you don't want have doing podcasts I really, as well as movies. <laughs> yeah. I really don't have anything else for this. No, that's it, man. We yeah. were, I was done a long All right, time ago. So <laughs> apologize for the huge segue, but I hope you guys will enjoy every minute of that because I think it's good content. It was good, yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can follow us on all social media at DC eu minute um so yeah go ahead and check us out we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here and we'll catch you guys on the next one here on dc cinematic minute